This is episode number 284 with Gunnar Lovelace. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome everyone to this episode, a very special one because we have a special human being on, a dear friend of mine that I've connected with recently who is up to a big game in life and is looking to transform the world and the health that we experience in the world. His name is Gunnar Lovelace and he is a serial entrepreneur in nonprofits, technology, fashion, and real estate. But most recently, he is the founder and co-CEO of Thrive Market, which is the largest e-commerce company in LA and is revolutionizing the health food industry. He has started two nonprofits in education and environmental training as well. And in this episode, we really break down a lot of incredible things, including how to attract, nurture, and empower talent at your company, and specifically a company that is growing extremely rapidly in an early stage. Also, how to handle your internal emotions during massive growth and responsibility, how to come up with the values that are the core of your company, how Thrive Market grew from 10 employees to 400 employees in the first year, how buying quality food from conscious businesses helps heal the healthcare crisis in the U.S., and much, much more. This is an incredible human being. I think you'll get a lot out of this, whether you're an entrepreneur or someone looking to achieve their dreams. Gunnar is an incredible example of this. So make sure to dive in, get your pen and paper out, take some notes, and prepare to be inspired. That's what this is all about. It's allowing yourself to learn, to grow, and be inspired so that you can take action in your life to grow as a human being, to grow in your health, your finances, your relationships, your spirituality, and everything. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the one, the only, Gunnar Lovelace. Welcome, everyone, to the School of Greatest podcast. We've got my man, Gennard Lovelace, on. Good to see you, man. Hey, buddy. So great to finally be here. <laughs> Thanks with you. for being here. Now, you are the founder and co-CEO of a company called Thrive Market. You're an entrepreneur who's built companies, sold companies. Um, and tell me what you were doing before Thrive, what, what your entrepreneur journey was like. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've been around a lot of different enterprises. I started and sold a couple software companies. Mm-hmm. Um, then I started a jewelry company with my mom and just kind of been very fascinated in social enterprise my whole life. You know, right. the, the intersection of business, media and technology and the way that that can have impact on the world is very exciting to me. You know, I, uh, I was a full-time activist in college and, you know, it was like the same thousand people that would show up at the rallies. And I was like, this is, there's gotta be a bigger way to have an impact. Um, and so that was right when the dot com boom was starting to happen in uh-huh. 2000. So I dropped out of college and started my first educational software company teaching children how to read. And that was wow. really the beginning of my journey for me. Um, and uh, why did you want to teach kids how to read? Well, it was, I just fell into it. It was, you know, it was, it was, 
I was really, uh, we were the first, at that time, the first flash database, uh, company in LA. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I've always loved education in general. And we had a great client that just kept coming back, uh, on a piece of software that they wanted us to build for them. And we ended up just building out the entire, uh, software application over the course of a year. And, uh, it led to the acquisition of the company. What did the software do specifically? It taught children how to read through interactive cartoons. So it was really, it was, I could have used this. I I couldn't read. I know. Like college. I I still have a list. Uh, (laughs) So it was, it was really, you know, in the whole office, we're all doing phonemes, which is the way we actually learn to read and learn how to speak is we actually look at the way that people's lips move. Uh And so, you know, we were spending a lot of time in the animation sequences, really making wow. sure the lips of the characters were actually accurate to how people speak. So you're creating cartoons. Was this on the computer or was this like a handheld device? Was it was this... pre-handheld. So wow. it was all, all computer 2000. Okay. Um, and, and that people, was... You would just watch like a cartoon show. Yeah, yeah. It was like an interactive, interactive choose-your-own cartoon adventure that would teach children how to read. Wow. And it was it was like a big left turn for me from being a college activist where I was <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I was li- literally living in the woods in a treehouse wow. on campus illegally, you know, as a full-time activist. And, uh, and then just, you know, really felt like I was reaching the limit of my impact. And so I dropped out of school gotcha. and ended up in this, um, you know, in this scenario where I was building out this software that I really loved it. So it was just, sure. it just one thing led to another Which school is this UC Santa Cruz. Okay, cool. So it's the banana slugs and they, they have this beautiful campus with like 10 That's their mascot. That's a mascot. Banana, banana slugs. Okay. Have you ever seen a banana slug? No. They're, I mean, they're just like big, fat, like juicy, <laughs> uh, yellow, bright slug. And uh, you see them everywhere in the woods and they're just gotcha. huge redwood trees everywhere. Yeah, and nice. it's just gorgeous. And, I was literally living in a treehouse, uh, and I had a little hut and like we'd get, you know, there were like 15 of us that were on campus squatting in the woods. And I did that because I didn't want to pay for, um, rent at the time because mm-hmm. I was a full ride scholarship and I was more interested in like doing art and the activist work that I was doing. Sure. Um, but it was, you know, it was such a big turn for me to like drop out of school all of a sudden start this company, move to LA. Wow. I'm like a country boy and like 20 years old, 21. Yeah, 21. Wow. Um, and you know, it was a crash course. You know, I'd, I'd always been interested mm-hmm. in making money. I grew up very, very poor. So it was, uh, you know, for me, it was always, uh, like there was a burning desire to be able to provide for myself and provide mm-hmm. for my family. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I recognized that money was a vehicle for, uh, doing good. Right. And so I, it was a really radical shift for me. And I had a, I took a lot of shit from, uh, friends of mine that were like, wow, you're such a sellout. You know, you went from being like go a hard, money. hardcore activist and now you've entered like the corporate sure. world. Um, and wow. so that was, you know, a, a did big you lose part. a lot of friends in that time? Yeah. 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 I mean, not. I've lost so many friends from just like going after my dreams. Yeah, it seems like you just lose friends when you do that. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. You know, they the 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 real ones come back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, at the end of the day, I, you know, and then like your work, you know, what you do is helping so many people. Yeah. If you were like, you know, really went off into the dark side, then right, like right. it would be obvious that you, you know, you you were a sellout. It's exactly. Same same for me. It's not like exactly. it wasn't like you know I went off and. Uh, you know, but I've had my fair share of misadventures as sure, well. Sure, sure, exactly. Now it seems like it'd be a lot to learn how to create this like animation cartoon company at 21, essentially, and teach 
and then understand how to teach education at the same time. Did you have a lot of people working with you? How big was the company? It was uh, about 20 of us. 20 of you. Um, so it wasn't a big company. But you it was, started it yourself? Yes, you founder. started it, um, and then we ended up selling the company about a year into the wow. into the project, pretty quick. which was great. I mean, it wasn't wasn't a huge hit, um, but it was a great, you know, it was like 21, and I sure. had a nice, nice win. Um, and yeah, I mean, if th- for me personally, I think one of the things that, has always been my orientation to life is just like learn as ferociously as possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's one of the things that I tell a lot of my other entrepreneurial friends, particularly women that I think are actually more qualified than men often, but think that they need to know more and prepare more. And I, I think that we often overthink what we need to do next. And instead, the most valuable thing that we can do is just put ourselves into the situation, get into the driver's seat make the mistakes and right. see how see the real world dynamic instead of try to overthink it and that to me personally has been such a powerful learning lesson uh, over and over and over again like like I've never built a company like Thrive Market before right. you know we're 400 employees I've never operated with 400 employees before but you know you just have to like you lean into it and you're honest with yourself and honest with your leadership team and mm. and make a lot of mistakes and make sure that there's a culture that it's okay to make mistakes while still being very oriented towards excellence and performance and just be willing to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such, and I know you share that. I mean, that's yeah. what your work's all about. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because a lot of entrepreneurs that reach out or email me, and I'm sure you get the same thing. They're always asking a lot of questions. They have fears. They have doubts, concerns about putting themselves out there, creating a product or a company. And they always ask, how did you do it? And I'm always like, to be honest, I was just so ignorant about how to do it that I didn't have the fear of looking bad or looking silly. I was willing to put myself out there and try right. and, um, and take a lot of action over and over and make mistakes. Right. I think a lot of people just aren't willing to make those mistakes. Right. They don't want to look bad to their family or friends. It sounds like that's what you did. You were just willing to put yourself out there and, and learn as you as Yeah, you they're act. like learning opportunities. Exactly. It is a mistake, but it's also compost for what's going to come next. Right, it's right. like a fertile terrain for which the next seed will come. Exactly. And, and you know, it's that... It's that willingness to just fall down over and over again and pick mm-hmm. yourself back up. And, and you know, there's going to be things that really work well. And yeah. all it takes is a few things to work well. That's it. You don't have to be perfect at everything. That's right. <laughs> and you look at most people that have been really successful in their lives. Mm-hmm. They've all had similar experiences, yeah. you know. And I think, I think you know, you sound like you had inherent confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not. I was really insecure. Sure. Um, and I've always used fear as like, a teacher for me. So like mm-hmm. wherever I was afraid of something, I would be like, okay, I'm really terrified of this. So I'm actually going to go try to do it because right. I'm really scared of this. And I can tell like that just became an early teacher for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think is, you know, to, to the point of the conversation, I think it's such a powerful thing just to be willing to take the plunge, get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, I love the, the mantra, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Mm. We are always overtraining. We're always overthinking it. We're always trying to make it perfect. You know, get out there as quickly as possible. Friends of mine that are starting businesses or thinking about ideas, like, is this, is this right? Is it good enough? And, you know, I, I need another six months to like make this perfect. And I'm just like, yeah. stop it. Just stop it. it. Yeah. Like get out there. There's nothing better than having real market feedback, mm-hmm. real people touching it, real people wow. giving you inner feedback about what they think about it. And, and that's actually the fastest way to iterate on exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, look at the iPhone. You think the first iPhone was perfect? 
No. It's horrendous. And it's still updating every year, right? Yeah. It's still, still coming out with something yeah. new. But if they waited until now to launch it, they'd be, what, $50 billion less? That's right. Or something? I don't That's know. That's right. Um, interesting. So what do you feel like um, was the biggest fear you've overcome in the last 10 years that you uh, leaned into? You know, actually speaking, public speaking was a mm. really – and I still deal with it. Like the, I think, you know, growing up – uh, really poor, overweight, a lot of like trauma in my family yeah. and just whatever the dynamic was, there was something. And I, I had a really intense year where I went from like a really safe kind of small private school that we had at, at this little hippie commune that I grew up in mm-hmm. to going to a public school at, in eighth grade. Yeah. And I was just like completely tortured. <laughs> it was like the worst year of my life. Wow. Um, you know, overweight. Uh, you know, last name Lovelace, grew up on a hippie commune from a small town, totally like Lord of the Flies. All, All right. day long, I was being, you know, thrashed by, uh, by the kids there. And it just, it took me years to recover from sure, that. And sure. there was something that happened that year where, uh, a really deep insecurity around like, you know, being who I am or, or speaking clearly, some insecurity set in there. And so I've had to do a lot of work on that. Mm-hmm. And I still do. Like, I'll go to meetings sometimes and, you know, I'm the most successful person in the room and everybody there wants to work with me, but I get really insecure. And I like notice this like, like really deep, like latent nervous system thing that I'm still like, you know, it's just amazing how trauma Mm. repetitive and we're we're all, we all have our versions of that. And so I think it's, it's, you know, it's just a great example to, uh, be gentle with ourselves, yes. you know, to really like recognize that we're all working with mm-hmm. a, a great deck of cards and that we all have our different challenges that uh, are really our greatest strengths and our weaknesses as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's, that's a really clear, clear. And so I've, you know, I've had coaches and I've mm-hmm. taken classes and I do like improv acting and like do things that force me to like get comfortable with it. But it's still, it's still yeah. like even starting this interview, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I noticed some anxiety <laughs> about this. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you feel like you've overcome in the last 10 years? It was like a big fear that now you've like, I've conquered this. Yeah. I think it's a constant process. So, um, you know, I think one of the big ones for me is, is, uh, just financial wealth. You know, because I grew up so poor, yeah. um, you know, there was just a lot of insecurity around that yeah. um, and a lot of survival concerns. And so, you know, there's, you know, it's, it's a constant journey and I'm always, I'm, I'm in a place at this point for me where money is energy. It's not about like making more money so I can buy a nicer car or a nicer house. Like I've, right. I've done all that stuff at this yeah. point. It's more about, uh, I want to gather more money so that I can have greater impact on yeah, the world. Yeah. Guys like me and you, we're not always looking for the new car. That, you know, I don't buy really things. Right. You know, it's like I live a very simple life. Right. Um, but it's it's not like I'm looking to make money myself to buy something new. It's like I, <clears throat> I wear usually T-shirts like this all right. day long. Right. Um, so it's all about the impact yeah. and how we can accumulate that to create better better impact. Um, so I like that about you. What do you feel like you do the best at right now? I think my, uh, my biggest service, uh, in Thrive right now and as a leader is mm. actually being a cheerleader. Mm. Um, and I, I actually, for me, that's been a huge process because I used to be a horrendous micromanager. Okay. My first companies, I was just terrible. Yeah. I did not understand how to set people up for success. I didn't understand about how to have like 
disciplined, regular check-ins that create a framework, but also allow people to execute on their own. And I was just like riding people too hard and, and then also being critical in a way that wasn't constructive. Yeah. And so it took a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes in that area. Mm. Uh, and I've really had to learn over the last 10 years how to, uh, attract leadership and really nurture them and empower them. And, and my job now as a CEO, which I feel like, you know, is really more about like chief energy officer. Like I'm really there mm -hmm. conducting energy, the energy of the organization. My job is to find the absolute best people get out of their way and make mm -hmm. sure that they have the resources they need. And yeah, I'm like providing light strategic guidance. Yeah. Um, but by and large, my job is just to make sure that they succeed at their jobs. Right. So how do you attract, nurture, and empower? So I think for me, the thing that's been most uh, exciting about what we're doing with Thrive Market, where we're making healthy food affordable to everybody, mm -hmm. is that it naturally attracts really passionate people that are interested in that yeah. topic. And yeah. so I think when when one's business, when the thing that we're involved in is inherently of benefit to others, yeah. it attracts a different type of person, right? It's not going to be somebody who's just in it for themselves or just in it for money or just in it for power. Like, bigger purpose. It's a bigger purpose, bigger right? And so, you know, like your work, like mm -hmm. your team, like what we do, like so many of these new companies that are now emerging where there is a larger purpose to the actual enterprise in of itself, that in itself attracts uh, a really high quality person. Sure. Uh, and so that, that is a really powerful virtuous cycle. And, and so for me, that's, you know, a big, big tailwind that we've had, uh, in, in building the company. Right. And so I, you know, I took that approach when, you know, I brought three other co-founders on and that was really unusual for me as well, because mm -hmm. it was like right at the beginning, I gave up a big piece of the company right. and I had to share power in a way that I had never done before. So why bring on three other people? Well, I recognize that the company and what we're doing, you know, shipping thousands of health food products around the country right. at low margin is a really hard thing to do. <laughs> yeah. And I knew we were going to grow really quickly because of all the partnerships and the value proposition, how much demand there is to be able to access healthy food for less. And so it was obvious to me that if we wanted to succeed at what we're doing. There had to be much more senior people at the table from day one. Mm. And so that was a, it's still a process. Like yeah. I now have a co-CEO, you know, and he's the first co-founder that came on, you know, when it was still an idea and helped me idea, you know, helped me ideate on it. And really we raised the first money together and sure. he's just a phenomenal partner. But, you know, even yesterday we were like, you know, like we had to really process some great stuff together about our power dynamic and our communication styles. Yeah. And, um, it's a process. It's like any relationship, you know, whether it's romantic or marriage right. or a business partnership, it takes time from my perspective, it takes time and a willingness to like really communicate. And the beauty is when you find those relationships where that exists and that you, you can really build trust that, yeah, things are going to arise, but that we share power well mm -hmm. and that we can communicate about anything and that we're inherently approaching the conversation at all times from a place of, how do we succeed together versus, you know, how do I Who's make sure right? I'm right? Interesting. So how do you guys, you know, how's the day-to-day -day dynamics work? Who's 
leading the conversation, who's saying what happens, who's making the decisions. So we really we divide and conquer. You know, we're, we're, because of the scope of what we do. You know, because you know we have such a complex business so quickly. Right. You know, when we right. pre-launch, we were ten employees, and a year later, we're four four hundred employees now. A year later, a year later. So four, tell, four, so break people, break it down for people. I'll have this in the intro as well, but break it down for people exactly what Thrive is and why you got into this in the first place. Sure. What sparked it? Uh, so what we do at Thrive Thrive Market is that we sell the most popular organic, non-GMO food and non-toxic products that you would get at a normal health food store at 25 to 50% off shipped to your home for free. Mm-hmm. And wow. instead of making money on the products themselves, we charge a membership of $60 a year, like a big box shopping club, at Costco. Yeah, yeah, like that. And for every paid membership, we give a membership away to a family in need. Wow. And and so for me, that's, you know, our whole mission as a business is to make healthy living accessible to everybody. And that's a very deep personal passion of mine. You know, I grew up very poor, mm-hmm. grew up with a single mom. Yeah. We're, we're Latino immigrants. You know, I spent eight years illegally here in this country. Wow. So I, I, we, we really struggled and, and suffered. And I saw how hard, how hard she worked to make healthy choices. And when my mother remarried, uh, my stepfather was running an organic food co-op out of a little hippie commune that we moved to in Ojai, California. And I got to see firsthand the power of group buying as a way to make food more affordable. And, and organic foods. Yeah. And so it was for me, I always felt like as I moved through my entrepreneurial career, I've always been, I've actually been a bore. I'm a, I'm kind of a hypochondriac. So I'm always like obsessed with death and I'm like, yeah. so I like, I've always been very fascinated with like my physiology and sure. what's going on and what's happening in the health movement in general. And so uh, I've been going to like Natural Product Expo West uh, for the last 15 years. And a lot of the brands of the companies we sell, the most popular brands are friends of ours. Right. And so I've always been like, God, there's got to be a way to Get like out there and- disintermediate the supply chain, yeah. work directly with the brand, ship directly to people, make it more affordable, pass those savings along. And that's really, mm. you know, that's what we've been doing as a business. Wow. And it's probably, I mean, the fact that you grew up unhealthy, it sounds like, or a fat kid, it probably has something to play into it. You don't want other kids to experience that insecurity and pain that came from what you went through, I'm assuming. Yeah. And, and actually the irony for me is at that point in my life, I was actually already on an organic farm, Really, but that was, I was depressed, you know? Gotcha. So a lot, obviously a lot of what happens with our, you know, lifestyle diseases, you yeah, know, yeah. there's emotional, emotional, emotional issues. And then we're, you know, most people are dealing with emotional issues and the fact that we're eating processed food. I was dealing with emotional issues, but eating healthy food. Mm. Um, but still I, yeah. I could see how much it was costing people. And I always felt like as I moved on in my entrepreneurial career, mm. that there was gonna, there, there had to be a way to make this more affordable right, for right. people. So you had the idea and then you found this, this co-founder and said, how do we launch this or what was the next step? Yeah. I mean, actually that the, the, it actually started very organically, which is that I started, uh, setting up a uh, wholesale accounts with the brands that I love the most mm. that I was just spending lots of money on. That I, you know, would get my green powders from or whatever right. it was. And I would like set up because I didn't want to pay, yourself. I didn't want to pay retail. Gotcha. And so then I would, I set up these whole bunch of wholesale accounts with my favorite huh. brands and, um, and then, um, started offering it to some, like my friends in like, like my hey, town. So this for they're like, off. Hey, you know, <laughs> I, I want to get, you know, those greens at 40% off or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. And so, uh, that was just very, very organic. Uh-huh. And so then I started running little Facebook groups no where way. I'd be like, Hey, this week everybody can buy this product, and I wasn't making any money. You created on your it. own co-op. I was just testing it. It was like know? an online co-op. Yeah, 
very, very, very informal. Interesting. Um, and as I saw how much demand there was for that, people was, were buying. Oh yeah, I mean, I, they were oversubscribed every every week. Really? It was just oversubscribed, and so it was it was obvious to me that there was a lot of demand to be able to access healthy food for less. And, um, and I wanted to find a way to do it that didn't take so much manual, you know, manual mm-hmm. communication. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you, you know, Joe in Atlanta wants a bottle of, and I got to deal with it and like his paperwork and process it's credit. It was just crazy, right? So. And you weren't making any money. Yeah, I wasn't, what my goal wasn't to, at this point, I realized there was something happening here. And so now I was just like, I was, you know, doing an MVP. It was total uh-huh. prototype testing. And I was just kind of, I was trying to gauge what products people were interested uh-huh. in and how much demand there was. And, and then you start asking people, Hey, how much would you guys pay a month for me to do yeah. the service? Yeah. And like, oh, I'd pay. Well, it just, bucks, it also, bucks, it also just seemed like, you know, cause Costco is so successful. Of course. But millennials yeah. don't want to go to Costco anymore. No. You know, we don't sell bulk. We sell everyday sizes. So it makes it really easy. Like, you know, you don't want 72 rolls of toilet paper in your house. Like, you don't have <laughs> right, any, right. anywhere to Unless store you got it. Six kids or whatever. You're yeah, in yeah. a big suburban house <laughs> yeah. somewhere, you know, yeah, like, yeah. so it was really, um, it was obvious to me that, you know, we, what we needed to do is really figure out a way to make everyday healthy food more affordable to people. Gotcha. So how does this compare to like a Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or your local, whole, you know, whole market yeah, store? Yeah. I mean, on average, we're 25 to 50% off the normal retail price. Wow. But so you would get in the grocery store, yeah. any one of those stores. Yeah. So, gotcha. I mean, Trader Joe's is more affordable in general because right. they private label everything. Yes. Um, but relative to everything else. The we're brands still, you like. Yeah. Like if you were going to uh, like a, 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 a normal health food store and buying – your products that you want, you would save probably 30 to 35% with us. Gotcha. So you're essentially getting name brand quality um, products for the same price you would get private label stuff at Trader Joe's. Yeah, and and, uh, and sometimes less. Gotcha. And it's delivered to your home for free. Right. And how right? long does the shipping take? It takes a couple of days. We have yeah. two we have two warehouses now on the West wow. Coast and the East Coast. So we, we ship we ship directly to our members now within a couple of days. Yeah, I made my first order uh last week and had a nice box come in with everything in there awesome. all packaged up. It was amazing. Awesome. Yeah, good. It's good stuff. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a, it's a, we try to make it experience, you know. Uh-huh. So when you yeah. I mean that's the thing is also like how do you make the box kind of it was really cool. It was you like know, a little was, welcome message. Yeah, like the whole all all post consumer recycled materials yeah. and craft yeah. paper, but it's beautiful. Yeah. And it has an aesthetic to it. I mean, I think yeah. this is amazing. The way it was wrapped was very like uh, intentional. Yeah, it wasn't just like you yeah. know put in the box and this go to go. It was like very like detailed, like tucked in yeah. in the corners. And yeah, like, I mean, we, we've like, we spent a lot <laughs> you know of mean? attention on that. Yeah, that takes a lot of time, oh, and energy, yeah. millions of dollars, and wow. a lot of energy. a lot of people, a lot, a lot of experts. Like, how sure. do we make sure our packages consistently arrive in a beautiful wow. state? Right, that's hard. Yeah, really hard to do. Like we've really we've really struggled with that one, and we're finally getting it down. So, how many people are in the warehouse? The two warehouses working, and then how many are in the headquarters? I guess? So, there's a, there's a, about 250 in the two warehouses, wow. and then 150 at uh, corporate. Wow. And how did you? You know, you started what a year and a half, two years ago. We started 14 months ago. 14 months. And I remember getting the deck. I don't know if you'd sent me the deck or someone because you're reaching out to like every influencer, right. health influencer right. to invest. And I remember getting this and I was like, uh, it seems like a pretty, the deck was like the most incredible deck ever, like that I'd ever seen because I get offers here and there. Of course. And I was like, wow, this thing looks really nice, but I just don't know if they'll be able to pull it off. <laughs> I'm like, dang it, I should have invested now. Um, but you had so many, so much movement. You know, I just saw it everywhere. You know, everyone was promoting it and um, the results have been incredible for people. So how many, are you allowed to talk about 
uh, numbers of how yeah, many yeah. people, how many customers do you yeah. have? What's the retention? What's it like? Yeah, I mean, we, um, so we're, we're actually the fastest growing e-commerce company in the history of Los Angeles. Wow. Um, and we've brought on, uh, 160,000 paying members in our first year of business. 60,000 paying yeah. members. Um, 50, 60 bucks a month? 60, 60 a year. year. Gotcha. 60 a year. Um, wow. and we hit, uh, you know, like, 85, 90 million dollar revenue run rate in our first 12 months. Amazing. So it's, it was really, uh, intense process, yeah, say at I least. Bet. There were a lot of months where we actually had to like turn off all the marketing. No because, way. Oh yeah. It's going to handle it. Even this month, we had to turn off a bunch of marketing because it was just like coming in too hot. Um, because you know, the thing is operations, logistics, member services, yes. those are linear processes. It's not like Custom a software, support, it's not maybe. like a software app where like it just booms yeah, and it yeah. scales like infinitely, yeah. uh, overnight. Like you have to actually have real people shipping <laughs> real packages and real member you services. You have to train them. You have to Yeah. Educate. Like we, we, and we want a really high quality. So we don't want to grow too quickly. Like, you know, we've grown really, really fast, but we've actually mm. purposely periodically throughout the last 14 months, we've purposely like throttled the growth so that we didn't right. grow too fast. And even then we still have had periods of time where we would get backlogged or things would go too out of stock or yeah. people would try to, you know, call our member services and there'd be 5,000 tickets in front of them. Oh my God. And it, you know, like that kind of stuff happens like every month we have stuff like that going right. on. Right. Okay. So what's the, uh, what do you see next for the company? Are you going to have, you know, fresh meats and produce or what other what other things are you going to have in the future? What do you see happening? Yeah, I mean, we're, there's a bunch of different things that we're doing. I mean, one is where our mission is just to continue to get better at what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Like we're like we've we've set a really high bar. Now we need to consistently ex execute on that. Right. Um, and if we just stay focused on what we're doing right now. Uh, we will build a multi-billion-dollar business. Wow. I mean, you know that this there just execute what just, you're good at. Just doing what we're doing right now. Don't try to jump into everything I mean, else. We are doing other things, but it's, <laughs> yeah. and that's the beauty of having a really strong leadership team yeah. uh, and two two CEOs and a, a strong co-founders. Mm -hmm. Like we can do a lot, and we have to make sure that we're so focused on what we're doing. Mm. Otherwise, uh, we will. Uh, you know, lose the, the critical opportunity that we have that nobody's doing what we're doing. It's our game to lose at this scale right wow. now. So it's, you know, it's, it's really about staying focused. Also, I think one of the big challenges for us, which we've been doing well at, but it's still an ongoing process is how do we make sure the culture of the company stays really intact as we grow so quickly? And what I mean by that is we've got a lot of really smart people that are passionate working together for the first time. And how do we build trust among them? How do we really facilitate a culture that's really positive, still performance-oriented, but allows people to feel safe to make mistakes, allows for really, really good interpartmental process and communication? And that's just starting to happen, but we have a lot more work to do there. Sure. How are you handling your, your own internal emotions over the last 14 months with so much scale, you know, from 10 to 400 people and the success of the company? And the pressure or the weight that p potentially could come from that. How are you handling it yourself? And Dep depends on the month. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm blessed to have a great, you know, partner in my life. Uh -huh. And, you know, she's been really uh, flexible yeah. and patient with me. Um, cause, you know, it's, it's, it's like, hard. I leave at 6 37 in the morning and I don't come back till 10 at night yeah. a lot of the time. But, you know, we have date night and date mm -hmm. day and like, I, I make sure I get, you know, like four or five really good sweats a week. Like I go yeah. and get some really intense cardio and, you know, just, I just try to do like basic stuff, take a lot of probiotics and yeah. like 
ashwagandha and like different things that like make keep my immune system and my stress level in check. Mm -hmm. Fundamentally though, like it was actually more stressful like five months ago, four months ago. Mm. Um, now we're kind of at a place where it's, it's, there's so much momentum and there's so many good people and so many things are breaking our way. It's really just about pacing myself and, um, and really like making sure when I come into the workplace, I'm coming from a balanced place because everybody responds to leadership. It's like a tuning fork, you know? So if I'm like in a frantic space or I'm sure. unsettled or anxious, it just ripples down instantly and it has a really like negative effect uh, on the business. Yeah. Wow. And so the, the most important thing for me at this point is just to, like I said, is I'm just constantly working to build process among the leadership, interdepartmental process, facilitate a positive culture. Mm-hmm. And and really just pace myself at this point. Gotcha. What do you think is your guys' biggest challenge moving forward besides staying focused? Which uh, I think is most it entrepreneurs. Is. Yeah, I think I think that's you know definitely there's so many shiny objects, so yeah. it's so easy to get tempted by you know what's the next thing. Uh, and I think you know as I said, I think the other big challenge for us as we grow the business is how do we really make sure people that come in that we really build a culture of positivity and excellence. So mm. like we're just finishing an exercise of our values as a business gotcha. and what the onboarding sequence is for new employees. And, you know, like simple things like, you know, I didn't realize before we started the business that how important it was that we really facilitate a culture of positivity. And how do you and, facilitate that? And, and it, as leadership, we have to reflect it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's had to, there's had to be hard adjustments among leadership where there was like, complaining or gossiping like great people super talented but just Mm. like not coming from that place and so if some of the leadership is coming from a place of insecurity at that level Mm. it's going to percolate down into the company and it was there were some challenges that were happening there like that was there was negativity and complaining and gossip and you know like you know subplots and like that like you know for me i came back uh after a trip last september and i was like this i this just got, we cannot have that happening in the business. And so really, uh, really making sure that, uh, it's safe for people to say what they think, uh, and that it's, you know, that people feel safe pushing back just because I ask for something or some other senior leadership asks for something doesn't mean that somebody shouldn't push back and say, Hey, this is, yeah, speak up. And like, doesn't, you know, there are, there is a hierarchy and there's power decisions that get made, but at the end of the day, we want to stay a really open culture yeah. and we want to facilitate that so that people feel like they're part of the process and there's authorship by everybody and alignment and, en- and enrollment. Yeah. Um, and like so I, d- I didn't realize how important it was, um, when I started this journey with Thrive Market that, you know, really building a culture of positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's really, you know, that starts from us, like as yeah. leaders, like yeah. if we're positive and we're not, if we're not gossiping behind people to other parts of the leadership and we're not, you know, acting in a judgmental way, but still like real performance, mm-hmm. you know, c- you know, KPIs and metrics and excellence and deliverables, right. but positive and, and, and loving and authentic. Yeah. Um, it just, the virtuous cycles that emerge from that are so un- unquantifiable and so powerful. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, uh, it's hard to do. Very hard. It's to hard do. to do. And you can't expect your, you know, your team to do something you're not doing. That's and right. You can't expect them to be loving when you're gossiping and angry at that's each right. other. That's right. That's right. Fighting constantly. That's right. So yeah, that's great. Uh, it takes a lot of practice. It and does. Patience it does. and awareness of what yeah. you're creating every single moment. And, and, you know, like there are moments where I'm like, like just jacked up on caffeine and I'm like <laughs> too sharp. 
And then right. I, I have to go apologize. Right. And that's like, that's like, I'm not above like, you know, like saying, Hey, like I made a mistake. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, Hey, I, exactly. I apologize. There's something that you would like me to understand about the situation that I didn't pick mm-hmm. up. Now, I'm curious, how did you create a value? You said you just created your value system now, right? I mean, we just codified it. We've had values along the way, right. but, but we're like, kind of like solidified really, it. really it's like mounted. Yeah. It's like the 10 commandments of your company yeah. are up there now. Yeah. Um, so how do you create that as you're growing and evolving? You know, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs probably have this question. It's like, okay, I, I come out with an idea and I just start making money and then I start hiring people. That's right. And then I forget about, you know, creating a value system for this company or this product or whatever it may be. So how does someone go about that? Even if they have three people on their team, 400 people, what do you think is the great, a great process to doing that? Well, we, what we did, and I, I don't claim to be an expert in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we, you know, we're, we have a lot of advisors and help sure. around this. Uh, and it's an ongoing process. What we did is we've gone out and looked at companies that we thought have do it well. Mm. And we looked at their values and we've talked to them and some of them are investors in our business. And we've gone and visited their workplaces and looked at their onboarding sequences and really right. looked at the way that they have invested in that and successfully nurtured that. And, mm. you know, Tom Shoes is a great example and Patagonia is a great example. Yeah. Those to me are like two of the like best examples out there of really successful social enterprise businesses operating at big scale, but they really take care of their employees mm-hmm. and they really invest in the culture of what they're doing. Gotcha. And so we, we basically just, you know, and I would recommend this for other entrepreneurs, find businesses that you think are doing it well and, 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 mimic go, and, and, and mimic, yeah, right? Exactly. No, no need yeah. to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, like we, we borrowed from a bunch of like, we will gathered like five different value statements yeah. and mission statements. And, and, and then we just like made it our own, yeah, you know, yeah. and yeah. it made what's real about our business. And for us, you know, our business is that, you know, we're focused with passion and purpose and positivity on making healthy living accessible mm-hmm. to everybody. And we're focused, you know, with real obsession on our members. Like if we don't make sure that we do the basic things of taking care of our, of our members that are paying for membership, we don't, nothing else can happen. Yeah. Um, and then everything else stems from that, you know, personal responsibility and authenticity and, uh, being able to have a culture that, you know, is really takes care of its employees. And so, you know, that was kind of how we thought about the hierarchy of our value sets. And did you create it as a leadership team? Did you have input from the entire company? Both. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we did, did some exercise company wide where we like asked the entire company to write the things that were most important to them. Mm. And then we distilled that through a series of leadership conversations. And now it's all the common themes. Yeah. It's all the, it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, distilling those into 10 key themes mm. and it, ha- ref- it actually reflects the entire commentary of everybody, but it's all been distilled down into 10 key points. And, uh, and then, you know, that's a living document for us. So it's not like you can edit it's it. yeah. done and it will <laughs> never be changed. I mean, yeah. I think that's one of the challenges of like the U S constitution or things like that is yeah. like, we get so wed to things being like the way they are. And we don't recognize that, you know, we all learn and dynamics change. And so for us, it's a living document. We'll, 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 we'll we will reflect on it every year and make any adjustments as part of an interactive process. Mm, I like that. Very cool. Is there a process or a document that you sent out that you be willing to share with people? Or um, like a questionnaire or that we could add to this? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely, I could definitely get something or on. Send that. me a few questions. Yeah, that, yeah. That people could use. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, exercise. there was. Yeah, I mean, it was really a. Uh, we did it like so. We do once a month 
we do what's called our town hall mm -hmm. and we bring food and like mm -hmm. some beers and wine and it's, you know, kind of festive sure. and the leadership gives an update on what's happening with the yes. company in the last 30 days. And we take question and answer sure, sure. and we'll do some exercises sometimes yes. in those. So one of the, one of the town halls we did is, you know, we, we had everybody come and just spend half an hour writing about what it was that was important to them, why they're there, what they want to see happen, what they're having challenges with. And then we really worked on synthesizing that. Mm, it it took cool. a lot of time. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the challenges, right? Like we're so busy as entrepreneurs. We don't think that this is an important thing. We're it's focused not, on getting results in our business, totally. not creating the culture as much yeah. and making sure that everyone's happy. That's and, right connected and, and and it's it's really hard when we're like overwhelmed and we're trying to like either survive yeah. or deal with the crush of growth yeah to like prioritize something that's more abstract right and it that's doesn't right. seem as tangible <laughs> exactly um and i really had to get my head around that yeah, it's yeah. been a process for me yeah. too but it's the the dividends of facilitating a really positive culture where it's yeah. clearly reflects the values of the of the entire company it's important it's really important and it sets up a lot of virtuous cycles so you know half of our new employees come from existing employees right right and that's because people feel like it's an exciting rewarding uh beautiful place to right. work fun community yeah yeah and so we run, we run a food program for example so every all the food is paid for for the for the employees wow. um and we have a big kitchen a big long 30 foot wooden table and a cafe all food, lunch organic food all taken oh. care of it's simple it's like a salad bar and right, sandwiches right. and great snacks and bars and and, and all right. that and soups and just like simple stuff but still like it brings everybody together mm -hmm. and it's our version of the water cooler you know like right. people from all departments that don't normally work together get to spend a, a few moments together and break bread metaphorically sure. and it, it creates a lot of like uh, interwoven fiber among the organization. And so I think the, mm. the key thing there, what I tell other, other entrepreneurs is, you know, pick the areas that you're going to invest in as a business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for us, like a food program, yeah, it costs a lot of money. Right. It How actually costs a, a month. It, it's, you know? it's like 50 grand a month. Right. It's a lot of money. You know, 40, 50 grand a month. Um, that said, you what know, when, benefits? when we do the analysis, like even from a pure bottom line perspective, if employees don't feel like they can get food there and they're going out for long lunches and they're not, they don't build relationships with yes. each other actually costs us a they're lot. They're not being as productive. And costs us a lot more. Yeah. Right. Interesting. This is great. A uh, couple final questions for you. What are you most grateful for in your life recently? I am most grateful for the opportunity to really just be myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, you know, we talked about this at the top of the interview yeah. and you know, I've, I've had such a, um, you know, I've, I've really struggled at a lot of different times in my life and a lot of like trauma and suffering and insecurity. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I've also been very successful at the same time. Um, you know, like interfacing with more conventional business, the biz more conventional business world and venture capital investors, you know, I've always felt like I kind of had to like hide who I am mm. and that I couldn't like just let my authentic self like fully be there and that, right. and that I was going to be seen through as like a fraud, right? You know, sure. like these, like these, the, the top VCs in the country were going to see through finally. And then I'm a fraud, <laughs> you know, and like, right. this was like the real stuff. Cause you know, and, uh, and, and now, you know, I like, I'll go into meetings and I'm just like, 
This is who I am. I grew up in a hippie commune. <laughs> like I've seen some really alternative shit in my life. I've really suffered. You know, I've had my fair share of like insecurities and fears and sexual trauma. And like, that's just yeah. part of my journey. And I just like, I'm practicing authentically letting that be part of my leadership style. Yeah. And I, I, I'm so appreciative of, uh, uh, the therapeutic part of it. And I can see how it brings people more closely together. You know, when I'm, when I'm as a leader authentically sharing my hopes and dreams and fears and vulnerabilities, uh, it allows other people to know that they can do the same thing. Mm, I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, it's great. What can we do uh, to get signed up with Thrive? I know in the beginning you, you came on as a sponsor recently, so thanks for that. Of course, it's an honor. But what can we do uh, for people that want to get signed up with Thrive Market and get started? What 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 can they do? Well, I mean, they they go to uh, is it Thrive Market Lewis ThriveMarket dot com slash Lewis. Okay, ThriveMarket dot com slash Lewis. Yes, and you know, there's a free trial and uh, a percentage off their first purchase. Yeah. And I think the main thing is, you know, uh, we're at this amazing moment as a species where, you know, the production and distribution of conventional food is poisoning our economy, it's poisoning our bodies, and it's poisoning the environment. And we all can see it in different ways. You know, we spend $300 billion a year now on diabetes-related illnesses. Wow. In this country, we're bankrupting our country and future generations with lifestyle diseases. All can be changed with the way we, you know, make lifestyle choices and the food that we eat. Right. And so to the extent that we can all work together, vote with our dollars to support conscious businesses, access healthy food for less, which is such a critical part of our everyday life, we're all participating in an incredible virtuous cycle that benefits ourselves, benefits the economy and benefits the environment. And so we need help. It's, you know, even though we're doing really well, this movement has been built yeah. on people sharing it with other people. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we need that support and the, you know, we're still like, yeah, we're doing a hundred million a year in revenue. There's 400 employees. Like we're a, we're a small gnat in, yeah, in right, the right. industry, you know, and like we're up against big multi-billion dollar food co companies that are not excited about what we're doing. Right. And every fast food company. Every fast, I mean, and, 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 and many like just, just the companies that are producing food going into, you know, retail channels. We're right, right. At, at the already in our 14th month of business, we're the largest retailer in the country selling non-GMO, only non-GMO foods wow. in the whole country, which shows you, you know, like how quickly it's come. And that's happened because of the support that we've gotten. And right. so, you know, I would, to your question is like one, you know, go, go try it for yourself. Yes. Um, you can cancel at any time. You'll, you'll see how much money you save instantly yourself. Mm -hmm. And then if you like it, please, you know, please share it with your friends yeah. and family. There you go. So go to thrivemarket.com slash Lewis. We'll have that linked up here at the end as well. Um, two questions for you. Where can we connect with you online? Do you, do you personally, are you online? If we, people want to reach out and it's, uh, you know, facebook.com forward slash Gunnar Lovelace. Okay. We'll uh, have that linked up yeah, as well. So that's, cool. that's, you know, personal profile. Are you on the Instagram and Twitter as well? You know what? I, I am like, I, put you I, on Snapchat I, I really need to. I know you took the first <laughs> Snapchat photo. I, I'm, I'm per just getting ready to start investing. Okay. Now, but cool. Facebook is definitely, Facebook and then, now. and then Thrive Market on Facebook too. We're very, cool. we have a great Facebook page. Cool. We'll link that up as well. Yeah. Um, the final two questions. If, uh, this is your last day and thrive was gone and everything you've ever created was gone for some reason. It just erased from time and everyone you love is at your, by your side. And they say, uh, you know, 
here's a piece of paper and a pen. You get to write down three truths, three things you know to be true about everything you've learned in your life so far. And this is what everyone's going to remember you by. They won't have anything else that you've ever put out there. What would you write down as those three truths? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> Sorry to put you on this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's your job, right? <laughs> what's coming up for you yeah, in the moment? Yeah, yeah. So, so for me, what's coming up is um, to love courageously mm. and to really live our lives from a place of love, to do what we love, to really reach out and stay connected to those that we love, and even if it, even if we're afraid of it. Mm. Um, and the other thing would be. Uh, you know, personally, I would want to know that I inspired people to live their fullest and to encourage people to courageously live their fullest life, uh, to, you know, courageously meet their fears and to really express themselves fully and do, do what they love at that, at that level. That's two. Uh, third one. Wow. Uh, I mean, I think there's really like those, that's it for me. Like those, those are the really, like, if I were to think about the most important things for me would be to really, you know, you know, really live from a place of love and to, um, you know, really, uh, realize our full potential and help others do the same thing. It's Mm. so gratifying when our life is about helping others, Mm. you know, you know, if we're just constantly working to serve ourselves, uh, we can be very successful by conventional standards and have a lot of money, but there's an emptiness that's there. Yeah. And to the extent that we can uh, do that while having a life of service that's connected to something greater than serving our own self-interest all the yeah. time, we're going to be really, really happy. Yeah, I love that. And final question, what's your definition of greatness? Definition of greatness. For me, it is really about that is how do I realize my full potential and help others to do the same? I actually think that that in the most simplistic terms, that's the meaning of life. Mm. You know, if you look at all life, all life is trying to get as big and healthy as possible and to share that information with its kin. You know, a plant Mm. is looking to get as big as possible and animals looking to get, you know, how to be as healthy as possible and and to have its kin do the same thing. I feel like, you know, Greatness for me personally is how do I live from that place and how do I inspire as many people as possible? And I know that's what you do. <laughs> exactly. So, Gennar, thanks for coming. So, so much Appreciate love it. and respect. I love what you're doing. Thanks, for Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. And there you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed this one. Make sure to check out the full show notes at lewishouse.com slash 284. I think you're going to get a lot out of this. Also, Make sure to sign up for your first month for free plus 20% off of Thrive Market when you go to thrivemarket.com slash Lewis. I highly recommend checking it out. You're going to get a huge discount on some of the best whole foods that you can get. So make sure to check out thrivemarket.com slash Lewis for the special offer that Gennar has offered all of our listeners on the School of Greatness podcast. Be sure to share this with a friend, any friend that you think might get value from this. Share us with them, send them an email, and also post this on Twitter and Facebook so your friends can connect as well. We've got incredible guests coming up, and I hope you continue to enjoy and be inspired and moved by the guests that I bring on and the topics we cover. Again, lewishouse.com slash 284. Share with your friends. I love you guys very much. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Great.